Real Presence Live. It's this really powerful sense of, okay, you're seen, you're known, you're missed if you're not here. Local. It's that good crop of corn or beans or wheat or whatever it is that you do that, you know, you grow it, you grow it to the Lord, and if it doesn't come about, you just have to be patient and say, well, there's always next year. Engaging. Evangelization is the fruit of the love of God being poured into the hearts of Jesus' friends. Live. This is our charism, to be witnesses of Jesus' real presence in the Eucharist. Good morning, everyone. This is Michael Goldsmith. Father Randall Kazel is here with us today, and we'll be having a great show here at St. Michael's Church in Pine Island, Minnesota. They, it is just a beautiful day out today. The Lord is with us, and He is present, and we are just so thankful to be here and to be with uh, Father at his parish this morning. Welcome, Father. Good morning, Michael. How Thank are you? Thank you for having me on here. Yes, it's good to be here with you. Uh, how, how are things going this morning for you? Oh, very good. good. I just literally finished Mass a couple minutes ago, yes, and uh, I'm out of breath because I just ran over. Yes, well, you take your <laughs> breath. I can certainly say prayer unless you want to take your no, breath. No, and you want to do prayer? Yeah, yeah. All right. All right, let us pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Lord, we praise and thank you for this day. We ask your blessings upon our time this morning, that our hearts and all the hearts of our listeners may be open to your grace and the blessings you will to give us. Give us the grace, Lord, to trust in your goodness through the Immaculate Heart of Mary and the intercession of St. Joseph. And may today's saint, St. Uh, Teresa Benedict of the Cross, intercede for us, that we may be following her in the life and grace of Jesus Christ. Hail Mary, full, full of grace, grace, the Lord is, is with thee. thee. Blessed art thou among women, and, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, it's so great to be here with you, Father. This is, a, again, a beautiful morning, and we have a great show for you ahead. Let's toss it over to Aaron, and he can give us a, a rundown of what's happening today. Well, thank you very much, Michael. It's a pleasure to be here with you guys. And we've got a great show, as you had said, coming up. We've got Bishop Andrew Cousins with the gift of masculinity in the home, the world, and the church. He's going to be talking about how to love like a man. We're also going to be praying for your intentions during Prayerfully Yours. We'll have a couple of students to talk about their recent mission trip to Chicago. We'll go on the 10-minute tour of our local events. We'll speak with Earl Markley on a very interesting presentation that he's got with uh, Vatican Improved Eucharistic Miracles. And we've got Monsignor Tim McGee coming on to talk about his beautiful ministry in the priesthood. We've got all that coming up here on Real Presence Live. Right back to you guys. Well, thank you, Aaron. We are so blessed to be part of this uh, new evangelization here on Real Presence Radio. And again, uh, I'm just so happy to be here. I just, I don't know, I'm full of joy, Father. And, Praise and, God, and I am too. And, well, and I, I know there's a couple things in today's show that I'm excited about, especially about the Eucharistic miracles. So Yeah, I'm excited about that too. Yes. I'm eager to hear uh, Bishop Cousins. He's going to yes, have some... And, Great things to share with us on and that too. I was just going to say that men being men, especially in the life of the church, that's going to be great to hear his wisdom on that. And also, uh, look forward to having the call in. Yes. So I've, yes. I hope we have some great questions yes, out there. Yes, I do too. Yeah. So yes, I, I like to say there's there are some things that I don't know. Like I don't know Jesus' shoe size, so <laughs> that won't be a fair question. <laughs> 
But maybe somebody I, out there, yeah, does. of course, our I, Lord does. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. And those are kind of those things, of the mystery things, right, right. that we're not supposed yeah. to know anything about, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, along with that and the the, uh, the dogma of the Holy Trinity in and of itself. Right, it's a, exactly. It's a mystery. Yes. Well, uh, it's <clears throat> in today's culture, you would never hear it said that masculinity is a gift to our families and society. But that's where our culture is absolutely wrong. And Bishop Andrew Cousins of the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis will share why it actually is a gift and what that means for our homes, the world, and the church. Your Excellency, thanks for being on the air with us this morning. I'm delighted to be with you. Thank you. Oh, good morning, Bishop Cousins. Father Kazel here. Good morning. Well, the topic of the day is the one that would be rejected in society today, Bishop, and the gift of masculinity. First off, what is masculinity? That's a really that's a great question for us all to ponder. You know, it begins really when we see in the scriptures that uh, man and woman are created complementary, which means they're distinct from each other. They're different, and they complete each other because each of them has different gifts. And so, right there, we see it's possible to contemplate what's different about a man than a woman, not just physically. But we know that our bodies and our souls are united, and that even, for example, our emotions and our our um, ways of approaching the world can be different in men and women because because of this complementarity. And you see, it's the beauty of God's design, right? He wants all gifts to be brought to bear, especially for the gift of the family. So He makes us complementary. Mm. So when we when we talk about masculinity. Really, I think the best thing to do is to look at the example of our Lord and to say, well, He reveals to us what what the perfect man is like. And uh, we see in Him many incredible virtues that as men we want to imitate. So certainly we see the gift of courage, and we see the love of the truth, and we see that uh, men have certain capacities for um, ideas and for leadership that make them uh, especially suited to the role that they can have in the family and the role that they can have in the world. Well, very good, Bishop Cousins. Uh, uh, very good for sharing that clarity with us about masculinity. And uh, why do you suppose it is such a struggle for masculinity to be expressed in a, a good way, a healthy way in our society, in our time in particular? Yeah. I think it's because um, we live in a time um, where the family has broken down, Hmm. and that's happened for a lot of different reasons in our own society. Some of that I think we can attribute to the negative effects of the sexual revolution, you know, and the uh, divorce culture, which has become prominent in our culture. Um, I think that... uh, so in our culture, there's a lot of confusion about the family, and so then you get confusion about um, what does it mean to be a man or a woman, especially um, as we experience that in culture. The, I think what's beautiful is when you look at it right, you see the incredible gifts of both, that we're equal in dignity before God, but we all have different gifts. I love the story from G.K. Chesterton, and he wrote a book many years ago called What's Wrong with the World? And he said, you know, for decades men have been trying to convince women that what they did in the world was really important. But we didn't actually think women would believe us. <laughs> he, mm-hmm, said, yeah. <laughs> he said, uh, what's really important, of course, in life is 
um, what happens in the home, because that's where the next generation is formed. Yes. And so even though men and women, obviously today, often both work in various circumstances, um, what we're, what's really important is what we do in raising the next generation. And here we see men and women have different gifts, you know. Men are very capable of specializing and ex- being experts in one thing and doing it really well, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Women are often much better at generalists. They can do lots of things at the same time. I remember this in my own family growing up, you know. If my dad was doing something, you had to really get his attention before you could tell him something, or he would not pay attention at all because he was so focused on what he was doing. Mm. Yeah. Where my mom was incapable of doing one thing at the same time. She was mm-hmm. always cooking and um, doing some little project and carrying on a conversation with another person at the same time. Right. <laughs> and yeah. uh, she couldn't just sit down and focus on the football game, you know? She liked <laughs> yes. to watch the football game, but she couldn't just do one thing. Yeah, um, as, a, as Dad would be saying, you know, quiet over there. <laughs> right, because dad, Dad's trying to focus. That's right. right. But these are, these are gifts, right? Because yes, they are. Because men actually have to specialize in various things, mm-hmm. and we don't, we want... Uh, to, we need both the specialist and the generalist mm-hmm, to work mm-hmm. together. For example, in making a making a family work, right. um, mm-hmm. and you think of the you know the attention to detail that women have, which men need or they miss it. The attention to people's emotions that women have, they miss it. But then you think of the man who's capable of actually setting aside emotion in very profound ways in order to do what's right. Mm-hmm. And you think of the man and his ability to focus on ideas and to strategize and and um, how that's important. Now, of course, as soon as you talk about these differences, we can all think of women who are good at ideas and strategy and men who are good at relationships, but the generalizations still have value. Yes, they that's do. Right. Um, we are talking with Bishop Andrew Cousins of the Archdiocese of St. Paul and Minneapolis. Uh, we're blessed to have him with us this morning. I'm Michael Goldsmith with Randall, Father Randall Kazel here at St. Michael's Church in beautiful downtown Pine Island, Minnesota. And it's so great that you have joined. And we're talking to, to Bishop about um, how masculinity needs to be a part of the family in our society when it's saying, you know, so much is yelling back at us and saying it, it, it isn't necessary. So, Bishop, when, once a man takes up his role as men and, and unlocks that gift of masculinity that they've been given, what can happen? Well, um, men are meant to give themselves away. So this is what we see with Jesus, right? Right. He, mm-hmm. he lays down his life, the good of, of us, to save us. <laughs> and this is the great gift that the man is called to give. And St. Paul says this in Ephesians 5 when he says, you know, just as the Lord gave himself for his church, men are called to lay down their lives for their wives and for their families. Mm, and yes. so what you, this ability to sacrifice my own good for the good of the of the one I love, mm-hmm. the Lord and my family. And that's when real masculinity is revealed, when a man knows how to make a gift of himself and to sacrifice himself. And this is part of the great struggle in our culture is our culture tells men, you'll become happy if you have all your wants satisfied. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. That actually leads to laziness. This is, you know, this is the kind of crazy thing, you know, there's no such thing as a lazy girl chair, but every house has a lazy boy chair. 
Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> no, lazy man. That's what it's called. No, yes. man would, no, no, no man would ever let a lazy girl chair into his house, but every woman seems to have accepted the lazy boy chair. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and our culture that, tells awesome. people, our culture tells people, saddest, especially men, satisfy all your desires, spend all the time you want mm. on sports and fishing, and none of those things are bad. Right. But, yeah. but actually, it's not the way to happiness. The way to happiness is to find how is God calling to make a gift of myself mm-hmm. for the sake of my vocation, whether that's as a priest, giving myself for the sake of, of my, the Church, or whether that's as a married man, giving myself for the sake of my family. And it's in that gift of self that men discover their happiness. Mm. Yeah, great, Bishop Cousins. And, and in your experience in a uh, proclaiming this aspect of the gospel for the growth of masculinity and its expression uh, in households and marriages and in family life. What kinds of things have you encouraged men to undertake to embrace their duty in the household, their, their life in marriage, uh, their role in raising their children? What, what kinds of practical things have you encouraged men to be about? Well, I'm mainly convinced that every Christian to be who they need to be needs to be a person of prayer. So I'm always encouraging men to develop a prayer life because we need to receive our identity from who we are before God, not from who the world tells me I am. Mm-hmm. St. John Paul II had this so right in his Theology of the Body when he said, the first relationship is our relationship with God, and I come to know who I am before God. Then he said, the second is my relationship with my wife for a married man, and I come to know who I am before her. And in those relationships, when I know who I am, so I'm rooted in prayer, I'm rooted in this deep, intimate relationship with my life, my wife, then I know how I'm called to make a gift of myself. And so this saves men from the false masculinity, which can lead to this kind of careerism or putting everything in being something in the world, right? Mm -hmm. Which is our tendency. We want to do something great, and so we end up doing it ourselves and we choose one of those false goods of power, success, or money, rather than the true good of laying down my life, my vocation. But when I'm rooted in my identity, then God shows me how He wants me to give myself. And that become rooted in my identity through my relationships, my relationship with God and my relationship with my wife and my family. Yeah, yeah that's that's so beautiful, Bishop. And uh, we're talking with Bishop Cousins uh, from the Archdiocese of Minneapolis and St. Paul, and I'm Michael Goldsmith with Father Randall Kazel here at St. Michael's Church. And Bishop, what um, you have an event coming up? Is that correct? That that you would uh, that you want people to attend here? Could you give us a little rundown on that? Yes, I'm speaking at Transfiguration Church here in a couple of weeks. Um, I think it's the 22nd of August. You know, unfortunately, I don't always have my schedule in my head, but <laughs> it's coming up here. There's a series called the Father Bear Lecture Series, uh, named after Father Bill Bear, uh, one of our great priests who died about a year and a half ago. And uh, it's a series on uh, true masculinity, and I'm talking about how to love like a man, which will be really learning how to make this gift of self. And I'll talk a lot about how actually that happens through our weakness and the Lord um, through our own weakness allows us to come to true strength. So that's at uh, the University of St. Thomas on August 17th, and you can oh, register doing, at yep. stthomas.edu and search for the Siena Symposium. Yes, I'm doing a talk there as well. 
on a very similar topic. So the Siena Symposium okay. is talking about the gift of masculinity. Okay. Yeah. Great. Exactly. Uh, it's so great to be with you, Bishop. Are there any final thoughts that you would share with us before we have to uh, take yeah, a break here? Yeah, I would just say that um, the beauty of being a Christian man is as you live in relationship with God and you come to discover your own weakness and failure, you come to see how Christ really made you to be strong in Him. And uh, it's that long process of conversion that we're all seeking where He shows us how we can make a gift of ourselves, not on our own and for our own good, but actually for Him and in Him. Yeah. yeah, very good, Bishop Cousins. Well, thank you for taking the time to be with us. I uh, know you have a full day uh, serving our Lord yourself, and uh, we pray our listeners will continue to pray for you, and we'll pray for each other, uh, that our Lord right. may continue to bless our whole church with the growth of that masculinity that uh, is being sought yeah. and being expressed in, the, in our time, which I think is particularly unique. Yeah. Could you give us a final blessing before you go, Bishop? Sure, I'd be glad to. May the blessing of Almighty God, through the intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, descend upon you and remain with you forever, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 All right. Great. Thank you, Bishop Cousins. Yep, Blessings bless on your you. day. Yep. Bye-bye. And that was Bishop Cousins, and we are so thankful to be to, to have him uh, with us this morning. And uh, you're, uh, thank you for joining us and the goodness of the gift of masculinity. We look forward to having you back again real soon. So if you are getting ready to get a question out for Father, it's 877-795-0122. And you can ask Father about any questions. We'll be right back after the break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Built Upon a Rock Fest has partnered with Rugged Rosaries for another giveaway. Nine rosaries will be given away, one each week, leading up to the concert on September 14th. These rosaries are beautiful and extremely rugged. The quality is unmatched. For a chance to win, simply like Built Upon a Rock Fest posts on Facebook and Instagram. Each like gets you a chance to win. Full giveaway details can be found at builtuponarockfest.com. Good luck, and don't forget to mark your calendars for Built Upon a Rock Fest on September 14th. Attend a Catholic Unite Financial Workshop with Brian Zitzman, your local Catholic Unite rep on end-of-life issues from a Catholic perspective. Our speakers will discuss Catholic Church teachings on health care directives, protecting human dignity, and end-of-life financial issues. The free workshops will be at 7 p.m. on August 20th at St. Clara Parish in Clara City, August 28th at St. Joseph Parish in Montevideo, and September 4th at St. Andrew Parish in Granite Falls. Text WORKSHOP to 1-800-568-6670 to save your seat. Are you thirsting for God's love, His mercy, His forgiveness? You'll find that and so much more at the Thirst 2019 Eucharistic Conference at the Bismarck Event Center, Friday, October 25th through Sunday the 27th. Guest speakers include Dr. Edward Sree, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, Curtis Martin, and Kendra Tierney. Daily Mass, Adoration, and Confessions are available during the conference. Register now online at bismarckdiocese.com slash thirst2019 and download the Thirst app. 
The only things hotter than the summer heat are the rates to run radio spots on the RPR network. That's not all. The Signal of Real Presence Radio reaches an audience of over 2.1 million people across North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. Hi, this is Brett Byler, Area Account Executive with Real Presence Radio, and I want to help you grow your business in front of a very faithful customer base. Don't wait. Call me, Brett Byler, at 605-670-8333. I'm just struck by the fact that our radio coverage from Real Presence has reached all the way across North Dakota into parts of Minnesota, into parts of South Dakota. Most of that is rural territory, and I think that our rural communities are so very important to our church, to our diocesan families, whether it's Fargo or Sioux Falls or Bismarck or wherever we are. Our rural parishes, our rural faithful you know, they've been there all along, and they're, they're so active, they're so devoted to their parishes, they're so devoted to the faith. And it's encouraging to me that Real Presence has reached out to those areas as well, because now some of those communities that for a long time didn't have access to Catholic Radio, now they do. And now they have the opportunity to be part of the mission of Catholic Radio, but also to pray and, and to hear the news and to be inspired by the stories of the faith. And it's, it's wonderful to see. You know, one of the things for me, the, the, this concept of making holy the day, you know, not just one moment, but the whole day. And, you know, as, as a member of the clergy, we pray the liturgy of the hours, um, you know, throughout the day various times of the day and for me that is that's kind of what's grounded my day in always being there turning to God but when you're you know when you're at work when you're driving in your car there's a lot of a lot of things you can listen to a lot of voices that can be out in the world talking to you and putting on real presence radio and, and having you know that that presence there um, is a great way to make holy the day even those little voices that just keep us thinking about God all day long, not only does it connect us more with our Lord, but it makes those little struggles that you deal with on an everyday basis so much easier to deal with. In, in every case, there's a hunger for that which is, is true, the hunger for, to be loved, the hunger to be understood. Who am I? is the question that they're asking. And the beautiful thing that we have with, with Real Presence Radio is the answer to that question. The answer to who am I? I am a beloved son or daughter of God. And, and so the message that we, that we promote through Real Presence Radio is exactly the antidote to what, what is at the heart of this, this confusion, this chaos that we're seeing all around us. And so it, this is a message that has to get spread out you know, further, broader, more generously. And so it's, it's tremendously rewarding for everyone who's involved in this, whether it be sitting in front of a microphone or contributing to the cause or sharing with someone that you run across in the street, hey, you got to tune in to you know, one of the Real Presence radio stations, the one in your area, because it really is transformative and life-changing. If you felt God's call to serve the Church, Focus, the Fellowship of Catholic University Students, and the University of Mary have partnered to train you to do great things. The Church is desperate for well-trained development and fundraising professionals, so we've launched the Institute for Catholic Philanthropy. Earn a graduate certificate or a full MBA in Catholic Philanthropy and train for a transformative career in service to the Church. Apply by March 1st at umary.edu.
Dr. Ray Garendi. When I've had enough. I ask parents, when do you decide to discipline? One of the most common answers is, when I've had enough. If discipline is designed to teach, then we need to discipline before we've had enough. We need to discipline because the behavior's wrong, not because emotionally it's pushed us to our edge. Besides, when you get to when you've had enough, you're much more likely to yell and scream and say things that you have to go to confession for. So, the suggestion is, discipline out of principle, not emotion. Principle means because it needs discipline and I'm going to do it when I'm calm. Emotion means I'm going to be moved to do it just because I'm mad. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Well, thanks for staying with us on Real Presence Live. It's time now for our Pray for Lior's segment. Almost every day we receive prayer requests asking for prayers for many different intentions. And we at uh, Real Presence Radio hold these very dear and close in prayer. We'd like to invite you, all of you who are listening this morning, to take a moment to stop what you're doing and join us in prayer specifically for these intentions. And today we've been, been asked to pray for a friend's niece who at the age of 11 found her stepmother had committed suicide on Father's Day. We ask that our good Lord and God and Father may wrap his loving arms around her as she deals with the the trauma of what she saw and have healing in her mind and heart be spiritually protected. We pray for Maxine and Marlis that our good Lord may cure them of their health ailments. We pray for families facing a lot of change and a lot of financial troubles that they may keep their faith and trust in God. And we pray for the repose of the soul of Pat, recently deceased. We pray for Paul, recovering from a surgical procedure in Rochester, and for all of the intentions of our listeners, and for all who are most in need of our Lord's mercy this day. We also pray for a a family that was at Mayo Clinic. Uh, I talked to yesterday, and the boy is Judah. He had a heart condition, and the family is from Oregon. So we keep Judah and the family in our prayers also. And let us remember those who have, are suffering from the various vi- acts of violence uh, that have taken place in our country. We pray for peace, and we pray for anyone who's suffering from any natural disaster or any injustice in our world at this time. We commend them to the Immaculate Heart of Mary and the, the loving and merciful heart of our good Lord. Amen. Thanks for taking time to pray with us and for these RPR, all in the RPR family. If you have any specific intent you'd like to pray for, please visit our website at yourcatholicradiostation.com and submit your prayer requests. And things hotter than the summer heat are the rates to run radio spots on the RPR network. That's not all. The signal of Real Presence Radio reaches an audience of over 2.1 million people across North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. Hi, this is Brett Byler, Area Account Executive with Real Presence Radio, and I want to help you grow your business in front of a very faithful customer base. Don't wait. Call me, Brett Byler, at 605-670-8333. 
Built Upon a Rock Fest has partnered with Rugged Rosaries for another giveaway. Nine rosaries will be given away, one each week, leading up to the concert on September 14th. These rosaries are beautiful and extremely rugged. The quality is unmatched. For a chance to win, simply like Built Upon a Rock Fest posts on Facebook and Instagram. Each like gets you a chance to win. Full giveaway details can be found at builtuponarockfest.com. Good luck, and don't forget to mark your calendars for Built Upon a Rock Fest on September 14th. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. And welcome back. I am Michael Goldsmith with Father Randall Kazel here at St. Michael's Parish in Pine Island, Minnesota. This is the home parish for Father, but you have uh, some other parishes too, right, Father? Sure, I do. I serve here in Pine Island, but also St. Paul in Zumbroda, Holy Trinity in Goodhue, St. Mary in Belchester, and St. Columkill in Bell Creek. And there is another priest who works with me, so yep. I don't, so you don't get do all it all. of them on That's the great. weekend. Yes. yes. Well, we're excited to bring you this next segment on Real Presence Live. It's called Straight Talk with Father, and it's your opportunity to share your questions and comments on topics relating to the faith or on things happening in the world around us. So if you have a question for Father, give us a call, 877-795-0122. Or you can send in your questions on Facebook. We love to hear from you, so if you can give us a call in... Or go on Facebook. We want to hear your questions or things that you're struggling with or something that you just want to talk to Father about. Maybe his favorite book or something to that effect. But uh, Father is here to uh, t- to answer any of your questions and uh, to hopefully help out. Yes, and these questions can be through the call-in number, 877-795-0122, uh, or through the the Real Presence Facebook page where you can submit a question uh, that you would like to have be brought up here. I, so, did, I did, Father, was reading, you know, you, you said uh, to, for the intercession of uh, St. Benedict, uh, 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 Tre- Teresa, right? Of, yeah, uh, Saint, Benedict of the Cross. Yes, yeah, St. Teresa, I, Benedict and I, of the Cross. And I never really un- knew that it was Edith Stein. I guess I didn't pull mm-hmm. the two together. That's right. Uh, I probably had heard it. I just I was reading about it this morning, and what a beautiful conversion story. I mean, she read St. Saint, Saint Teresa of Avila. She was a I don't know if it, agnostic or if she was an atheist, but she really was into philosophy. And then at age fourteen, she just was really against God. And but then she read that and and really had a strong, strong conversion. I mean, her story is beautiful. I just I never had a chance to read it before. Yeah, she she had amazing conversion to our Lord, and uh, she certainly came from uh, a Jewish family that had faith in the the old covenant uh, but uh, as her own interior progression developed she come to hear the voice of Christ calling mm-hmm. her to baptism she was baptized on uh, January 1st 1922 and St. Teresa of Avila had a profound influence on her openness to grace her openness to the interior life and our Lord leading her uh, she had uh, quite an intellect really she studied the phenomenology under Husserl and his writings so she had this understanding of looking at reality and what was happening and taking information in from what could be observed uh, in the phenomenon of activities in the world, uh, but also that then this led her to uh, engage her own will in prayer and loving God to have that be practical in her right. interior life, yeah. which is really the one of the aspect of Carmelite 
uh, spirituality, that charism, is to have the interior, the desire for interior contemplation of God. Uh, that many uh, Carmelites have this sense of writing about. Uh, the presence of God, such as Brother Lawrence, or uh, Teresa of Avila, the interior castle, mm -hmm. where we discover relationship with Christ and the different right. levels of union or closeness to him or intimacy. Uh, fundamentally, uh, Teresa Benedict of the Cross, like Teresa of Avila and, and uh, others in the church, uh, and, and Carmelites in a particular way, know this all as a gift. It is the, this intimacy with our Lord is what our Lord desires, and the more the heart is open to Him and really trusting Him, mm -hmm. uh, that vehicle of trust. They, uh, they put themselves in that. When you say charism, is that I mean, what does that exactly mean to to like pull yourself? Oh, good, you know? good question, Michael. The charism, when I speak of this in religious order sense, is that each order is given a way to express friendship with mm -hmm. our Lord and a pathway to be close to Him. Uh, so the Carmelite charism is that this interior union contemplation. Uh, of the Holy Trinity to love our Lord. Mm. Uh, say the, the Dominican charism is likened more to the pursuit of truth right. and then the proclamation of the truth through preaching. And, uh, and that's what they're called as the preachers, right? Yeah, yes, the order of preachers. Yep. But it's the St. Dominic had this uh, great grace and charism grow within him where he immersed himself in scripture every single day he carried around. We just mm -hmm. read the other day on his feast day that he carried the gospel of Matthew everywhere, studied it all the time, urged the, the first friars that joined him in the order to study scripture, uh, to absorb the truth of the word of Jesus mm -hmm. and be ready to proclaim it uh, and to uh, share that with others. And, and each religious order has its own uh, gift of sharing back uh, the perfection of God right. with the church and with the world. Yeah. So. Well, that's that's awesome. Thanks, Father. Well, we're we're waiting for any calls. Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Take your time and and uh, get on the phone and give us a call. Father's waiting to answer your questions, and I know there's people out there, so we really want to hear from you. Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two, or go on Facebook and and give us a shout out there. Uh, when uh, another like um, does. Does each, like Carmelites, and you know, do they have to have that kind of set up, or does that come later? You know, when they when they begin an order like that. Uh, you mean the charism? Yeah. yeah well, the, or, or or how their how their uh, their order is going to be. I mean, does the, or, or does that just kind of come to the person that's, or does it, you know, does it eventually evolve into something different? Or? Well, the, the the grace that's at the heart of the founding of the order is given by the Holy Spirit, right. and inspired by our Lord to how it begins to be expressed. And normally, that grace is expressed in the very the very heart and the life of the founder, and then there becomes a draw to how that is being expressed in union with any other persons that. Are drawn by our Lord Don't to join that. Sure. We think of one of the more recent ones, St. Mother Teresa, mm -hmm. uh, the beautiful charism of uh, contemplation and then activity. Mm -hmm. And the, the, at the heart of that charism was serving Jesus and the poorest of the poor. And to do so joyfully, deliberately right. and joyfully, we'll hear with our youngsters who are coming up here in a little bit who will be joining us mm -hmm. uh, talking about our mission trip to work with Missionaries of Charity Sisters. Uh, but the beautiful charism of the Missionaries of Charity is to do just that, to contemplate Jesus and the poorest of the poor, to be joyful for that gift of being able to do that and to want to alleviate uh, the thirst of love uh, in the heart of Jesus for the, for our love. Right. And so uh, she was big on that with the oh, thirst. She, oh, that, oh, she contemplated what, on that. It, the it, words of Christ, I thirst. Oh, she, yes, she did. But but it is what she lived. Yes, so absolutely. And, is, and finding the human dignity in every person. Mm -hmm, because Christ is there. Exactly. Yes, in, in them, in that moment and around that. And if we can only, if we can only help one person that she's always was very adamant about that, then, then help that one person. That's yes. what you're called for. 
You don't need to change the world by going out and, you know, the, the, some of us are definitely called to that, you know, that we have a, a greater voice. She evolved into that, but her, her starting of that was just to help that person that's right in front of you. Absolutely. And I, we think of Teresa of Avila, the charism that was inspired in her was she was a member of the Kelst Carmelite Order. So that mm -hmm. means uh, with shoes. And then so then the uh, inspiration for her was intimacy with our Lord in a growing way to be willing to be more detached from various aspects of the world and in the interior gifts of the Holy Spirit given where our Lord began to direct her to, at first a kind of uh, reform within the order of the Carmelites mm -hmm. and then it began to be a sense separated as there became key differences on how that was realized. So even to this day there is the discalced Carmelites and then there is the Kelst Carmelites, mm -hmm. uh, the ancient observance as is called. Uh, but in the Teresa of Avila's heart it became where our Lord was calling her to live in a, a deeper intimacy uh, and to do different forms of penance and sacrifice mm -hmm. for the sake of the church. Uh, I, I myself am a Discalced Carmelite. I'm a third order along with being, I'm a secular, along wow. with being a diocesan priest. Sure. So I, that means the seculars live in the world and uh, they, they study the writings of St. Teresa, they, uh, John of the Cross and uh, St. Therese of Lisieux mm -hmm. and uh, others, St. Saint, Saint Miriam, uh, the little Arab and uh, so many like St. Edith Stein or St. Teresa Benedict of the Cross, today's saint. So it's, it is a day of festival for the Carmelites uh, because of St. Teresa Benedicta, but it's also a day of, of uh, renewal in that interior commitment to contemplate our Lord, yeah. uh, really, really just loving him in the way that he calls to be in union. And one of, one of their, probably the latest uh, addition to their Carmelites being, being of the, just the last century. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> one of the most recent. Yes, well, give us a call, 877-795-0122. Uh, we are blessed to be with uh, a very knowledgeable man, Father Randall Kazel, and he's waiting for your questions. And you can certainly shout out to us at Facebook. Uh, go to the Real Presence Radio uh, app, or you can go on to uh, Real Presence Radio, our Your Catholic Radio station, and you can see the link there also. So, Father, is there anything that you have in your heart today? Yeah, I think with St. Teresa Benedict of the Cross, I, one of the things we all face are aspects of suffering that our Lord permits in our life, and there is a mystery as to the aspects of suffering that take place. So what, what or how are we suffering? Are we suffering well? And the main way to suffer well, uh, because it's a part of all human life, uh, is to have the sense of suffering for the sake of the love of Jesus, uh, to orient whatever we experience to Him. Uh, oftentimes our Lord does not give us the exact meaning of what we experience, especially in suffering, at the moment. And so we, we have to be deliberate about choosing to find that meaning in Jesus, knowing that He is Lord, our King, uh, and that when we do unite our suffering, it takes on the meaning of Christ. That's a, one of the beautiful fruits of our Lord's passion and suffering on the cross is he changed the meaning of suffering. And when we unite it with him, it becomes redemptive and filled with the power of the victory of his cross, cross and his own uh, victory over sin and death and, and human weakness that we find strength in him who suffered out of love for us. So that our sufferings bore for the love of him uh, can become profoundly fruitful. And that's where St. Paul wrote about that. He said, right. we must make up for what is missing in the sufferings of Christ. Absolutely. It is our own contribution and decision to be united with the will of Jesus. Well, we have a Facebook, Janine, uh, uh, on uh, Jeannie, I'm sorry, on Facebook, and she said, I can't call in right now, so she uh, gave us a, on Facebook. Her question is, if an individual confesses abuse or neglect of any kind to a child or vulnerable adult in confession, can a priest give a penance to turn themselves in to authorities? 
Well, that's a great question, Jeannie, and that's an important question in our time that that uh, there is a need for clarity. Uh, so there, there is um, regarding having it be a penance that. That is a different question, but as far as a priest giving counsel uh, regarding that being an act of justice, uh, that the priest can urge the person to go out of justice, because when there's a, a sin such as abuse or, or neglect of some kind that is grave, uh, that there is a, a justice regarding the child. The child has a right to safety. The child has a right to grow and live in a, a healthy way uh, with a mother and a father. And so... When there is abuse and neglect, certainly the counsel would be that, that it has to stop uh, unconditionally, and that there has to be a change of mind and heart unconditionally, and then if there has been a crime, and that, that becomes the, the, the second aspect. So the one is the sin, the person must be convicted that it is wrong, and that it is then being confessed, and, and that, uh, that it, it must stop because it offends God and also offends the child and offends others. Uh, but then regarding the crime the, in the, the civil aspect, yes, then there, there needs to be an, an aspect of counsel. Uh, this is what out of justice you ought to do and how you ought to handle this. Yeah. So, um, but as far as it being a penance, that's a different question. That's a little bit more of a gray area. Uh, and uh, the, there's an aspect where perhaps it could be, uh, but it's circumstantial in that. But certainly the counsel that this needs to be done and it needs to be stopped in different aspects, uh, yes. Could I add just a little bit onto that? Sure. I, I, I just saw that today that there was another uh, court. Uh, they're trying to challenge the sanctity of, of the confessional over this you know sexual scandal and the the abuse so there's there's been trials coming you know against the church and and the sanctity of the confession is is uh what our faith is based upon correct that's true so yes. i mean it is very what it is a grave matter and very very uh, uh evil that's happening in that but there's there's something about not breaking the confessional uh, sanctity that that has to stand in the church. Whether uh, can you kind of talk onto that, yeah, Father? The, the, is the priest is obliged not to break the seal of confession. Right. So the the priest cannot uh, say. Uh, what was confessed and connect anything that was confessed to the person who confessed it. So mm -hmm. that is a, a priest who may break that uh, would commit a grave sin himself mm -hmm. and it incurs the penalty of excommunication. Uh, so that's part of the aspect of the priest needs to consider regarding what is confessed, but the counsel and the encouragement and urging out of justice before God, what must be done to discontinue both the sin and if there is any crime that is taking place, that there be an atonement for the injustices. Right. So that, that needs to be clear that that uh, can be an aspect that can come out of confession. Right. Um, but as far as the, the seal, uh, that that is one where it cannot be violated. Right. And, and we're, we're seeing seeing that pushback against the church on that. And, it, and well, it's not a good thing whether you, you know, this is a bad thing that's happening, but, you know, that we need that seal of confession to, to be there. Right. That's, that's an important aspect of uh, the human psychology and the need for being in relationship with God for God, our Lord's healing and, mm -hmm. and that people may come forward to confess their sins and receive the grace. The sacrament of confession is so powerful to heal, to give graces for conversion, and also the strength of mind and will to no longer commit whatever sins may be confessed. It also gives healing to the memory, the imagination, and the powers of the soul uh, to be pleasing to God. And God gives more graces than 
And so God, of course, gives the grace of forgiveness, but even more graces so the soul can really go forward with the firmness of amendment to no longer commit the sins. Uh, so uh, confession is, is a beautiful sacrament. We, we go to confession at least once a month is what yeah. I continually recommend. to read. Uh, it to says continue. once a year, but I mean, I, you need it. We all need it, but more than that, for yeah, sure. We, we do need it more than once a year. Yeah, and I, I'll, I'm, I'm readily to admit that I not only do I give the advice, I practice the advice, and I, I, I don't like to uh, ask of people things that I don't want to do myself. So right. I, I regularly go, but I, I find it to be uh, um, healthy spiritually to Absolutely. stay close to our Lord because our, our Lord wants us to be completely united with Him. Mm-hmm. What separates us from our Lord? It's a willingness to sin and a choice to sin, and that uh, causes damage in our relationship with Him. So right. when one regularly seeks His forgiveness and seeks it even sacramentally, which is the most intimate way with Jesus and humbles oneself with that, well, it becomes then the most fruitful uh, way to grow in intimacy with Jesus in everyday life. Absolutely. Well, we need your questions to come in, so 877-795-0122, or you can shout out like uh, Janine did on uh, Jeannie on Facebook, and uh, we can get your question into to Father Kazel here. Uh, we have some people that are following us in, in studio who are here today, and they have a question for us. Could you please explain what transubstantiation is? Oh, that's a great question, a uh, great theological question. Can, and uh, we have the word, we just look at it here briefly, trans, uh, a, it means change substantiation a change in substance so the the substance when we begin the holy mass is that we have bread and we have wine and the substance is uh, what makes up bread and wine but at the words of consecration uh, the substance uh, of the matter is changed it is a miracle at every single mass then when the priest says the words of consecration and that the bread is changed by the power of God by the power of our Lord his divinity into his own body blood soul and divinity Uh, so the bread is no longer bread even though it appears to be bread the wine is no longer wine even though it appears to be wine but the miracle is that the substance of bread and the substance of wine has changed into the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. And uh, we're going to have on the Eucharistic miracle uh, discussion later. We'll maybe get into a little bit of that when our Lord has affirmed the faith through miracles of how our Lord uh, willed to reveal that what we believe is the truth and what he said especially in john chapter 6 is the truth Uh, my my flesh is true food my blood is true drink whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has life in me Uh, furthermore this change is one that in the eucharist is what we worship jesus when we come to mass when we come before our lord in the tabernacle or we go to eucharist adoration we are worshiping god we have access to god in and through jesus christ for jesus is god and our lord makes us know elsewhere that no one comes to the father but through me we have access to god the father in the life of prayer so prayer before our lord in the eucharist it it, it ought to seem for every catholic to be our home our a very natural thing where we can come and listen to Jesus, talk with Jesus, share our life with Jesus. Uh, and uh, our, our second home, our true home is, is finally with God in heaven. And but our second home here in a sense in this world is, is with our Lord and the Blessed Sacrament. And whatever opportunities we have to be with Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament, uh, they're good to take it up. They're good to be with Jesus. Sometimes little things I have, sometimes people are traveling by the Catholic Church. Uh, it is a beautiful thing to look over to our Lord or make the sign of the cross to, to acknowledge his divine presence there, that he is really there as our Lord and King to make a brief prayer uh, to ask him to continue to bless you. But that, that little acknowledgement, our Lord delights in it. He sees and hears it. He, he recognizes and knows uh, those who are recognizing his divinity. Uh, after all, he's God. 
God. Uh, sometimes we forget, really, he's God. And that's one of the things that's weak in our faith uh, across being Catholic in our time now, that uh, do people really believe that God is the Word made flesh, he lives and dwells in our tabernacles uh, at every single moment, waiting for us. He's there for us. Uh, he, he is there to waiting for our prayers, waiting for us to be friends with him. So he is always there. Yes, that's beautiful, Father. And I hope we get into a little bit more of that with the Eucharistic Miracle uh, with our session on that today. This is a, a new segment that we're doing. And... Uh, so it's going to be a good good subject, I think, that we're going to continue to do this, because this is what we are, Real Presence Radio. Right. We're talking about the Real Presence, so we, we have come up with this segment. So I'm looking forward to that in, a, in the next, uh, in the next uh, few uh, minutes. And again, we need your calls in, 877-795-0122. And if you could... Uh, Give us a shout out on Facebook. That would be great too. We have a, a few people in the studio this morning, and we're blessed to be here. And they have another question for us. If you'd like to go ahead, there, Father. Yeah, very good. So we we have a parishioner here is listening in the 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 center here where we were in my office center, and one we celebrate Mass here at St. Michael Ad Orientum, and. We also have that at times at St. Paul and Zambroda. Uh, Ad Orientum, Ad is to Orientum East, so toward the east. And there is an ancient custom or tradition on celebrating Mass in this way. It's because at the, the Holy Mass, uh, we're made present to heaven. And the Holy Mass is both the, we're being present at Calvary and the victory of our Lord at Calvary. It is also a meal. So we take into account our Lord's Last Supper and the food that he gave to the apostles, his own self the institution of the Eucharist, and then the fulfillment of that on the cross uh, when our Lord said it is finished. And the work, the power and strength that would merit the grace of our salvation was culminated and finished with our Lord's passing, his death on the cross, but also then it meant our life, that we were uh, buried with him uh, in his death, that we may rise with him in his resurrection. So uh, also within the Mass is the aspect of his resurrection. For every Sunday is a, basically a little Easter. So it is the, the ancient thought that our Lord, when he rises and when he comes again, the end of time, he'll be coming from the east, uh, just as the sun is a symbol of that, our earthly, the sun that we see each morning, it rises in the east. So the son of God, Jesus Christ, will come from the east. And so the liturgically, it is a continual reminder to us that we live for heaven. And when we all worship God in the same direction, we face God, beginning with the priest acting in persona Christi and the people all facing the same direction, we have this mystical sense of facing toward the coming Lord. And we're mindful of when we, when we face the Lord together, we're also facing God the Father together, believing what our Lord said, no one comes to the Father but through me. Mm -hmm. So we're oriented in the same direction toward prayer, anticipating the coming of Jesus in each Mass on the altar but also in the crucifix in front of us, the victory of his cross, and then also with our Lord, uh, God the Father. They're giving the grace through his Son, and in G the Father and the Son together, the life of the Holy Spirit and the merits of his precious blood upon us and for us and giving us victory, uniting us as adopted sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father. So our physical orientation complements and enhances our sensory experience of what mystically is truly happening at the Mass. 
Truly at the Mass, we are before the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Truly at the Mass, we are anticipating the coming of Christ at the end of time. And truly at the Mass, we are having an understanding and knowing Jesus being made present on the altar. Mm -hmm. And so that this is an aspect of ad orientum that uh, I don't have to use a lot of words to explain. Children will see that we're oriented toward this. They have a way of just saying, you know, that makes sense, that we're sure. talking to God uh, all in one way and we're physically postured. Right. Just like, you know, if you and I are having this conversation now, we're looking at each other in mm -hmm. the eyes. You know, like, so if we're going to talk to God, we can look oriented toward God. Correct. And, and, uh, and it's, you know, God is not readily uh, experienced in our physical senses, but spiritually, mystically, with the inner eye of faith, mm -hmm. the inner eye of the soul, then it becomes yes. And do we, we set ourselves to for the resurrection, uh, which we, we profess, right, uh, for, for body and our soul to be united again, right? So, I mean, I, I'm just saying to the, within the grave, wasn't it used to be that you should be facing the east well, sure. also? Yes, there is. And when we when we go to the cemeteries for the committal of the, the, the mortal remains of the deceased, yes, there is an orientation of where the feet are on one end and the face, that there is the orientation toward the east, the mm -hmm. coming of Christ from the east. And then the, they would be the resurrection and they would be rise to face Christ. Right. That's right. At the cemeteries, there is that practice. But That's now, correct. of course, we have uh, cremation. So how... how I don't mean to put you on the spot there no, with that, okay. but well, you know that that's that's okay by the church now. So cremation is permitted, and you know, as our burial at sea, for example, another mm -hmm. one. And uh, but the but there, of course, we 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 must not forget that God is God. That, right. That He can make bodies rise from the materials of the earth, just as He made Adam from the the Correct. dust of the earth. And we are and dust to dust, right? That is right. We have that at every every Lent. Uh, However, that whatever affirms our faith in the resurrection mm -hmm. uh, it has tended to be the, become the common practice because right. it it's it we we need it affirmed continually and in several different ways that Jesus rose from the dead right. and that for those who love him and follow him and give their lives to him that they will have the resurrection to life a glorified body mm -hmm. to affirm with us continually each day the motive for what we do to love Christ and that our work then is rewarded uh, with the grace and blessing of eternal life and the resurrection of the body. And sometimes we, we allow ourselves to separate the reward that our Lord has promised, mm -hmm. his payment of love at the end of time and, in, and at the end of our life in this world by be having the chance for eternal life with our Lord from what we do each day. We live for Jesus. And again, back to Mother Teresa, she had that idea yep, that, exactly. you know, I pick up the poor because I know what our Lord has promised. Right. And that our Lord will is the one who's going to bless and give the blessing. So, yeah. Uh, and not to be afraid. Yes. I mean, how many times is that is that said in the in, in the Gospels, let alone the whole different different aspects of saying that through the, the Old Testament? But do not be afraid. I mean, St. Francis went up to, to kiss the leper. Uh, you know, he, that's true faith in Christ when you know, and the same thing with Mother Teresa, you know, the, the diseases and things, she wasn't afraid of that, yeah. you know, that's true, yeah. that's true faith in Christ. That's, that's right. We have another saint that comes to mind, Saint Damien of Molokai. I've been blessed to visit Molokai in Hawaii. Right and, with the lepers. Yes, yeah. and he he had the sense again that the these people need Jesus, and I can find Jesus in the people. And when he went with that love, 
and that conviction, he slowly began to melt hearts because Christ wanted to uh, rule in their hearts and Christ wanted to suffer within them, love them, bring them to life. And that's mm -hmm. the same ideal that Mother Teresa had yep. uh, to, to carry Christ and then to uh, open hearts and to, through charity uh, to the love of Christ. Yeah. Well, this is a great conversation, Father. I, I, if you want to join in with it, we still have time here. So give Father a call, 877-795-0122. I'm Michael Goldsmith with Father Randall Kazel uh, here at St. Michael's Church in Pine Island. And we are in, in our Straight Talk sec, uh, segment. And Father is just w waiting and, and willing, and I know he has the, the knowledge and, and the, gr the grace to answer your questions. So please give us a call, 877-795-0122, or shout out to us on Facebook. Um, Father, it's just uh, with, with the immigration things that are happening, tying that back into taking care of those that are right in front of us. Uh, there's a you know the big crisis that you know on the border and but there's there's a there's a tie between being you know in our day and age that the church tells us that we need to be uh follow the laws of the land right but then also to, we have the great call of being compassionate and caring for the poor um so coming together you know this is a great thing that needs to to happen but we need to first take care of the people that are down there and so uh, you know, we, we should be reaching out and helping and taking care of what's going on down there, but then working through that on the on the side of, uh, you know, the church has that kind of dual perception of, of what's going on in that immigration crisis. Yeah, and our, our thinking oftentimes, uh, and our Catholic thinking is marked by both and. Uh, we, we both care for the stranger mm -hmm. and, and we care for the common good. And so we, for those who are seeking to have assistance or seeking uh, legitimately to, for an improvement in their life, mm -hmm. we, we will to care for them. Uh, but we also recognize that there is a need for order, there is a need for a system of some kind uh, to protect the common good of all and a common good who mm -hmm. uh, live and operate for the sake of uh, the ability to live and exercise the freedoms that are part of uh, a life or of civilization. So it's both and. and right. But the, the charity of Christ and our Lord operates this way. It's, right. it's, it's both and with him. See, he both loves us and he expects us to love him back. Right. It's, it's not just our Lord's love coming at us and we get to do whatever we want. And God doesn't operate that either way either. It's just, he doesn't just say, now you have to love me. And by the way, I may or may not love you. So, Great. Yeah. You know, that so, doesn't happen that way. <laughs> no. So it's, in our Catholic thing, I think it's helpful for us to understand it's both and. Yep. Uh, when we get into either or on some things, uh, we can uh, get off and, and mm -hmm. uh, lose our way on what really is what our Lord is asking in the, mm -hmm. in the better way. So when we think of this in, in, in immigration in particular, it, it's going to be both and. And, and we need to work through... Uh, having healthy and loving resolutions for people in need uh, and also discern uh, where are people people legitimately in need and where are there people uh, striving for other ends or other right. other things in mind that are not legitimate right. and and uh, uh, even could perhaps be harmful uh, but that discernment comes with following the principles uh, of both the end what is what is the need and right. and who and what is happening and uh, what is the process that can be uh, effective in making that happen right. so you talk about the civility to a, you know we need to follow that law and order right uh, just quickly I know we just have a few more minutes in the segment here but that tying to the mass shootings and and being the rhetoric that that got tied to that and and with all the people you know uh, having 
the anger and all that you know with with and then to have these tragedies come out of that you know is there well i think i think there 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 is much rhetoric there's much uh, uh in the in what's going on on a national level that uh, there's there's room for more looking toward god but i think fundamentally with the violence the the issue that most disturbs me is the godlessness mm-hmm. of it all that that god is devoid from our schools uh, that that God is not a part of the life of, of raising children. It's beginning to become more mm-hmm. prevalent where children have no religion or no aspect of being oriented toward God. There's not prayer in the home. And when the less God is a part of everyday life in our youth, uh, it, these sorts of things can begin to happen because what the, these, the young people then begin into other things where they right. f- try to find meaning. And, and goes and back to what Father Cousins, uh, the, was, our Bishop uh, Cousins, uh, yeah, was talking yeah. about with masculinity. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Well, well, we'll be back shortly with our next segment. And this is Michael Goldsmith with Father Randall Kazel. And we'll be coming into the uh, new part of the show here in just a minute. <laughs> 